Hey guys, it's Justin Rojas. Uh, we're doing another little podcast episode here. Uh, I'm over at Studio Nano recording with some special guests. Uh, we've got Mr. Dave Yang here, who has just moved to town. Dave, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's up, everybody? I take pictures. Um, in the process of moving into Justin's shed. It's, a, it's an <laughs> ongoing thing. And we have uh, our first ever guest, I guess, if you want to consider this an official episode or something i don't know oh holy smokes i'm the first no way man you didn't say that uh my name is rico fajardo um i'm best known for uh, a bunch of anime voice work that i do uh, most notably mirio togata and a show called my hero academia what's that show uh i've never heard of it superhero show uh it's a shonen you're familiar with that Dog, um, you're just totally I'm looking at your eyes riot. and you're like you know what this is <laughs> anyway yeah it's really ex- really exciting fun show um, pumped to be a part of it um, the fans are insane in a good way so yeah yeah there's there's definitely a bad way of being insane as a fan <laughs> yeah. um, that's a thing that's happened in the past I mean we live in Dallas I've been a Cowboys fan for a while so uh, I've I've been driven insane I feel sometimes <laughs> So Rico's also um, chowing down on some sushi, or actually sashimi right now. Yeah, good eye, man. So if you uh, hear some ASMR chewing, that's totally Rico. What kind of fish do you think this is? Let's hear it. Given that texture of the sound and the, the, uh, the firmness of the tongue and teeth, uh, biting down on that piece of fish, <laughs> I would estimate that that may be a piece of tuna. I cheated. I, I saw. Oh my god! You're a, you're a fish sommelier. <laughs> you knew it right away. You did see it, but I can't wait for you to listen back to that later. <laughs> I love it. Uh, listen to this next piece. It could sound different. Oh, <laughs> that's all you get. You get just the one. <laughs> this is this is hard mode. Yeah. This is hard mode. Yeah. <laughs> That anime chomp where you're like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we all here have some sort of experience with the anime industry of such. Um, if you guys are not aware for some reason, I did used to work at Funimation for about 10 years, uh, handling social media, events, panels, uh, marketing, business development, a, a bunch of different stuff. Um, and that's actually how we all more or less met through anime, right? Yeah, that's how that's how I started doing uh, anime related work was actually with you. What was the first thing? I don't like to be honest. I don't actually really remember. So so I met you. The fact that I'm telling you the story of how we <laughs> met pretty wild. Good way to start. Um, but I met you at Katsucon. Met you at Katsucon. Uh, oh, because of the, the, the Korean barbecue dinner that Stella did. And you were the guy who rolled in late. And I was like, who the fuck is this dude? You never forget first impressions, nope. yo. And then sat down at the table and just, just started snacking right away because the food was already cooking. And then after that, I was like, oh, hey, cool. You work at Funimation. I take pictures. And you were like, okay, here's a pretty low stakes event. That we can hire you for. Was it that fast? It was, was at it... Anime Boston. It was like two months later. But was No, was it like discussed at that dinner? The courting process was quick, y'all. Yes. <laughs> really? Justin, <laughs> Justin moves quickly. Wow. You're like, well, hey, I, I, I mean, I, I, like I remember. You. you got a camera? 
Did I at least... In- you made it sound like I sat down at the table and didn't even introduce myself. Like, like I ignored all of you there and just started eating. Can I try to retell the way I saw it? Okay, so the way that you told this story is Dave's sitting there in this nice, beautiful restaurant. There's china everywhere. Everyone's delicately sipping their bubbly water, which actually Dave's doing right now in front of me. And uh, someone's about to propose a toast saying, hey, really great job at this convention, y'all. And then Justin, some like biker thug, drop kicks the door open and just just like a, like a heathen walks over and just starts grabbing food with his bare hands and shoveling it into his mouth and sits down commanding everyone's attention. To like just be quiet and witness his 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 hunger is that that's that's actually exactly what happened, <laughs> and then and then he looked at me, and said, "Fuck your mom." Oh my god! <laughs> Did we say that on here? It's the first episode. <laughs> okay, here, wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna mark it so you can bleep it later. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, "Bleep your mom." Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "Who is this guy?" And then at the end of the dinner. He was like, all right, well, since I'm feeling charitable and I got to sit down and start eating all of your food that you've been cooking, I'm going to go ahead, I'll pay for the bill for this table. And and I found out, I remember finding out at that dinner that he worked for Funimation. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Anime and things. I watch those from time to time. And like two months later, uh, he was like, hey, we have this thing at Anime Boston, you know, Give us a quote. And and that was actually, that was the year that My Hero was coming out, too. Oh, shoot. So wow. I remember being at Anime Boston, seeing these posters. Because he was like, hey, keep an eye out if you see anybody in costumes from this show. And I'd never heard of it before. And I remember thinking, man, what is this corny-ass show? <laughs> this looks whack as hell. <laughs> and now it's my favorite anime. I had a similar process with with my hero. I wasn't sure at first. I just pulled up another meal, by the way, guys. I have some pad CU. <laughs> I won't tell you what kind of uh, protein is in it, but I'll let you guess. Anyway, <laughs> um, with my hero academia, I got asked pretty often at conventions if I was a fan of the show beforehand, and I was like, nope, because I didn't know what it was. Didn't know what. All I know is people were really hype about it, and you know how the hype train is. They're like, I don't know if I want to get on this. I don't know if I want to get on this train because I don't know where it's headed. Do you know what I mean? Especially with 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 anime, I've uh, I've watched anime since I was a kid. Some of my favorite ones have been like you know, Evangelion and Bebop and Shampoo, and um, usually a lot of uh, anime that involve uh, really cool art styles or really awesome soundtracks. I'm I'm into. But when My Hero came along, man, all I knew was was my buddy uh, Justin Briner was was cast as the as the lead. I was like, all right, cool, I'll check it out when I got time because you know there's so much content out there. Um, but I didn't really start actually watching it until probably like season three ish. Um, Ooh, you came in late. Yeah. Yeah. Really late. And people were like always shocked and kind of, kind of hurt when I say that I wasn't a fan at first and I didn't know what it was, but you gotta understand guys, like I'm in my thirties, I've been watching anime for a while. Like the, the, I don't know, like I feel Dragon Ball, you know what I mean? On the next episode of Dragon Ball Z, Goku still charging. I'm like, ah, like, oh, like, oh, man. Right, cool. I'm, a, I'm a thousand episodes into this show now. Goku's still charging. Yeah, it's going to be here <laughs> forever. Got, but so I've been, all this to say, I've been hurt before. Um, and so I was I was ready. <laughs> I wasn't sure what to believe. But uh, yeah, man, it's really, it seems to be the the, the new, I won't say like new Dragon Ball, but really like it, it feels like it has that kind of energy. It's really affected a whole new generation of of fans uh, 
anime watchers? I would I would say it's it's probably the most most hyped anime around right now. Well, a lot of people, and I think as a question for you guys, just personally, <clears throat> what do you think the appeal? And this is a really general question. I'm asking it on purpose just because it's going to be subjective, right? We're all going to fill it with whatever. But no, there's only one right answer. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask you first. Okay. Is that what you can all answer? Right. Um, what do you What do you think the appeal is of of my hero at large? If you had to distill it to one thing, um, I think. I think it's an aspirational show and an inspirational show. Like I think I think that's that's the appeal to a lot of people of most shonen animes is here's this hero or group of heroes in the case of my hero and you watch them do cool fights but then they do things where you're like that's something to look up to. Like I'd like to be that guy who saves the day and saves everyone and beats the bad guy. But you can't because, you know, you can't actually phase through walls. And so you watch the show instead, and it makes you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. But there is a kind of co-ownership, I feel, that is, it's like reciprocal between the fans and the property, uh, particularly with, with anime, in my opinion. And I think that with My Hero, uh, the story, not too many spoilers, but it's like in the first app, but like a uh, character, All Might, is a character you meet right away. He's sort of the symbol of peace and um, not sort of, he is symbol of peace, a uh, big hero. Um, and he represents to me, you, 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 he passes on his power to the next generation and to watch a character get old, right. And evolve and change. Like that's something that not a lot of superhero movies do like spider. Right. Yeah. Your, your hero for, right. Like my favorite character, uh, uh, Marvel characters, Spider-Man and imagining an old Spidey, like they just did that with uh, Into the Spider-Verse, right? You got to see multiple Spider-Men and women and Mecca. But like, <laughs> I think that is something that's tantalizing to me is that now we're starting to explore art that that we're showing to younger people that not only ask them to imagine a hero, a version of themselves that is like their age group, but potentially like watching Deku or Midoriya get older and, and you know, progress and learn things and also All Might, you know. That's something that worries me about movies is like what happens someday when when Robert Downey Jr. you know is is no longer with us which I hope never happens I hope they figure out immortality before he goes and then like you don't have Iron Man anymore and Hugh Jackman's gone so there goes Wolverine like the that that movie Logan hurt my soul I was like what do you, what do you mean he's just not regenerating that's that's his thing he can live forever. <laughs> it's kind of my thing. <laughs> Don't ruin that for me. And that's something I've worried about since I realized Marvel, you know, had this whole phase, like, I don't know, 40 million years of movies planned in advance. I was like, but that means someday it's going to end. And and those actors are going to be old and they can't, like, a senile Spider-Man dude, like, can kind Wait, of stick to walls. Hold on. So, so let me think about this. You said senile Spider-Man. So if you're talking about Spider-Man, one of his his key abilities is Spidey sense. And if you're senile, how does Spidey sense work then? I think it just balances out. You just become sense. It's, <laughs> it's like regular sense. Does he does he detect things incorrectly? Oh, yeah, like what if it starts going off okay, the that rails? That sucks. Wait for what? 
What if it starts going off the rails? He <laughs> he detects, detects threats that aren't there. Oh, that's sad. He like, <laughs> well, you imagine as it's, you said senile. I imagine he like you know farts, and he's like, what was that? Like when a dog, when a dog's like, the dog farts and wakes itself up. It's like intruder. Dog hawk. Oh, it's just my butt. He can he can like stick to walls, sort of okay. Oh it's, man, he's just tacky. It's not really like <laughs> he can't actually. Yeah, he can't climb buildings. Yeah. He just inconveniences himself. Yeah, it's just gross feeling. <laughs> he just like oh, I stick to everything, but I like <laughs> sludgy. Yeah, it, it's not like I. It, it's just slow, and he like slides across it instead. As sad as that is, though, Justin. Like I think that's something that we don't ask people to like look at. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean, I know we try to like safeguard younger people from these kinds of narratives, right? Where like, you don't want to hear about a person growing old and losing their their power or potency or whatever it is. But like, it's a part of life, right? Like that hopefully if we're lucky enough to live long enough, we all kind of get to cross that that bridge, you know? Um, but then to also in this show, see like, you know, through Midoriya, watching him be powerless and then come to power and how he deals with it. All Might being at the height of his game and watching him take hit after hit as you do when you get older, right? It's just invariable and passing it on to younger people. Even they even just recently, if you guys are caught up on the series, there's, there's a sequence um, where there's the young, young generation and how they're mm. looking at the kids, like the ones that are being babysat are looking and they are supposed to be even more powerful. Like there's something about that. And I think the storytelling in my hero academia gives you a lot to, uh, to bite off and chew um, and a lot to learn from, I think for a lot of, for, for, for young people, my nephews love that show. Well, then you have ultimately, you know, two different shows by the time enough time passes because you're going to have the old generation. You're going to have the young generation. And, you know, we've seen that in, in different comic books and things with, with the uh, new Avengers or the the Naruto Boruto, yeah, like, and I don't know if I like that as much because it, then you're comparing them, and somebody's always like, oh well, the old one's better than the new one, and that uh, that's usually an old person, and then the <laughs> yeah. oh these this young bunch is so much more energetic and cool. That still sounds like an old person, by the way I said that, um, <laughs> but. But then you get that dichotomy of, of having a, a split and you have a split audience and then you can't really – and there's no way to satisfy all audiences with anything. Does that delude the core of the show at that point or, and you just have to make two different pieces of entertainment? What if you had the, the My Hero show continue the way it's going with the heroes and the fights – and then you had a spin-off slice of life anime that was My Hero Retirees Edition. And it just followed all the retired heroes day to day, doing laundry, buying sushi. I'd watch it. Do you think they would retire? I feel like the options are like you either retire or you uh, die before that happens. I think you teach. I think that's what you've seen that, right? The old generation teaches. They're effectively retired, though. Like, All Might is retired. The, the dude is retired. Uh, he's a little bit of a different circumstance, because it's not his power, and he's losing it, right? Whereas everybody else, unless something happens, um, <laughs> right. you retain your quirk 
for the rest of your life and you apply it in different ways and you might not be able to control it in the same fashion you you know could as, as a young lad but you pass on your knowledge and, and that's what teaching and, and all that do you consider teachers retired actually that's that's a thing that's never been touched on in the show is i don't i can't think of a single case of a character that was previously a hero that just lives a, a normal life now. Um, I know Mirio's dad, he has a permeation quirk, but he he was trying to do it, but he's like, this is too hard. So he decided to just do a normal job. So I don't know what the meta, like what the, the kind of one-to-one comparison ratio of what a quirk is to like, if we're treating this as a metaphor for life, like what is what is your quirk? Because I considered him like, is it money? Like, and I don't think it's money because they talk about money in the show. Like, is your quirk, your quirk is something that makes you special. Sometimes your quirk is... Uh, is incredibly powerful and valuable. Um, and sometimes it's throwing mm-hmm. sticky balls at people. That's right. Which I mean, pretty good. Manetta's pretty cool. Uh, but there are there, applications of it. But there are some other powers that literally like are not, you're just born with it, right? Yeah. Which it's is, like, um, what, what's Midoriya's mom do that she can't really do much with anyway? I think it's like a tiny, she can levitate like really small objects to her from a really close distance. Exactly. Which is still freaking awesome that's in real awesome. life. Yeah, that's incredible. I'd that? be the laziest human in the world. <laughs> I'd be like, in the I'm just world, gonna, I'm, you still have to get up. To no, get I'm, up. I'm just gonna arra- I'm gonna have things delivered, and then I'm gonna make sure they're always arranged around my bed, so always within reach of my power. Would your, but would your power like level up if you used it more? Would you eventually start to get strong? I think that's how. Works. Yeah, I think that's how quirks work. Is like you learn how to focus it. And discover ways to use it that you didn't have before. So this is this right here is something that's they don't really talk about. I mean, Spider Man did it. He had a learning curve to learn how his power worked, but he had access to all of his power right away. It seems like with with uh, My Hero Academia, when they introduce powers, it's you know you have this tiny thing and you nurture it, you grow it, you you know. Well, it's it, like it's like any other physical attribute, right? Right, or, muscle or no. muscle. Yeah, not even physical, mental. Any mm-hmm, any, mm-hmm. any human attribute you have to develop and grow and train, and um, th- that is the part. That's that's why my hero is what it is because it's about that journey of of putting effort and and working towards something. Um, and then you have this generation of people who have quote unquote mastered it. They may not have whatever, and you're trying to catch up to that as the as the heroes um but the thing that bothers me the most the single thing that bothers me the most about my hero and the way they present quirks is they present the quirk that is the most obvious so the the most standout thing to me is bakugo and bakugo i'll be honest not my favorite character his quirk is is he secretes liquid nitrogen from his body. Or uh, nitroglycerin. Palm. Palm. Uh, what did I say? You said nit- <laughs> oh my god. Freezing. Oh, what a fake nerd. <laughs> nitroglycerin, excuse me, exploding liquid, right? There is no possible way he could utilize that without destroying himself if he didn't have some other superhuman durability or strength to handle explosions. But they never say anything about it. And, like... His quirk isn't good without those things. He would just die. His his other quirk is plot armor. <laughs> well, if you po- poke a hole in it, 
or you phase through it does that kill him i don't know then he just explodes oh man that's that's one thing i wonder if mirio like what happens if like mirio used his phase ability into a person right but then decided to turn it off while he was passing through them so I've contemplated this a lot. <laughs> My favorite Marvel character on the... Do you remember the old X-Men cabinet where you could play like six mm-hmm. different X-Men characters? I think it was Cyclops, Wolverine, uh, Storm. Storm, Colossus, Dazzler, Dazzler and Nightcrawler. And Nightcrawler. Yeah. The world famous Nightcrawler. He was my favorite. Um, because you could... His, his AOE hit everyone. He just knocked everyone down. So if everyone was getting their butt kicked, you could just clear the screen. Anyway, Nightcrawler has a similar ability. He can bamf teleport but he has to see where he's going if he takes a guess he's like i i don't like guessing because if i guess and i get the distance wrong i could lose an arm it's very similar actually to mirio because mirio's dad says if you get this wrong uh you could die essentially um but the way it looks is uh, from what i can tell the way mirio describes his quirk is when he falls into the ground um any kind of matter two things can't uh occupy the same space so when he deactivates his permeation quirk the cells expel so if he was like inside a person <laughs> for lack of a better word uh so like sticks his sticks his uh whole arm like through i don't know midoria and then activates it it's gonna rocket it out um but i imagine that if he didn't like permeate on the way out it would cause a crap load of damage or something but as far as i can tell to him or to them you think both both uh, yeah um I don't know. That sounds like a, a pretty hero move to me. Okay, so here's another question. I don't know this much uh, that much about the character, and this is for all characters, really. Is his armor, his clothing, specially manufactured for him to to be able to have that ability as well too, or is that just a plot hole that they yeah. never explained? So his clothes fall off. Okay. When he permeates, his clothes just fall right off him. Um, that's a big embarrass- embarrassing point for him. Uh, trying to learn his ability because he uses it, his clothes fall off. And so talk about a, uh, a the fastest way to make a kid not want to try something. It's like, ah, now you're embarrassed. Look, your, your junk's hanging out. Um, but it, it when he has his superhero outfit, um, it's noted in uh, the manga that he has the fibers of the cloth are woven with his hair. So it's actually his... And Horikoshi's got a thing about hair. That's also how All Might passes his power yeah, to... Gotta, to gotta eat some to of that like, Eat this hair. <laughs> like, oh. Hey, there's a lot of other things he could have had him eat, and I'm glad it was his hair. I mean, I guess when you look at it that couldn't, way, you're a half glass half full kind of guy. Just, just, couldn't couldn't if you just told? Couldn't Deku have just like licked him? Is that wait? Is that, still, is that better? Like, is that when what? an old when wait, your no, teacher no, asks you to okay, lick? I'm you? gonna <laughs> hang on. I'm gonna get a drink of water. You guys discuss that. <laughs> no, but like, if like if, if if All Might was like here. Lick the back of my hand or something. There's skin cells. He would have gotten the DNA. I, I think that's still worse because then there's physical. His hair. That's physical. Co- okay, let's take this into the realm of of uh, physical har- harassment. There is a uh, that that counts as physical contact in in some form or fashion, right? Bro, fuck you. If someone offers me the most powerful superpower in the world, and what I have to do to get it is lick the back of their hand? Versus eating the hair? Yes. I don't I don't know. 
he didn't say like you gotta you gotta like drench the back of my but, hand. But still, there's there's a physical contact. If it were me and I were All Might, I would not ask a. a how old is he at the time? Fourteen. Yeah, he's like a middle schooler. A 12 to 14 year old boy to lick me anywhere. Okay, that's that's a fair point. But but you also have to think about this in the context of the world that they live in. Then he can eat my hair. That's not that's not weirder. That's what I'm saying is not it's not weirder, it's less weird to eat this follicle of hair than it is to lick Another human being. I want everyone who may or may not be listening to this to weigh in. Which one is more practical and which one is weirder? Because he, I'm saying, he literally could have just like, tongue tip, back of hand, boom, you have uh, one for all now. Easy. And then, he, of course, it wasn't just the transfer of the DNA or cells or whatever. There was also the, he had to be willing to pass right. it along and all that other business. So there's there's another level to it. Again, I think there's a there's a difference between offering a physical like thing that is disconnected from my actual body at the time than having someone connect a piece of their body to mine, especially if I'm their teacher. I just walked back. Guys. <laughs> There's that level of separation, I think, is very important. In fairness, though, All Might also was not Deku's teacher at the time. So everything's fine. Eat my hair. <laughs> <laughs> he was still an ad- adult, a very powerful adult, very, very recognizable adult. Oh, position of power. Yeah. The yeah. relationship was like not in, in Midoriya's favor. When, you know, he just rolls up and he's like, the symbol of peace is like, eat this hair. <laughs> Which, yeah, exactly. Which is worse. Eat this hair. Or, lick me. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> don't say it like that. You made it weird. Well, how would you say it? I mean, if I was All Might, yes. and I explained to this person who I was about to pass the most powerful superpower in the world. I want to hear the read. <laughs> okay. I would have just taken the real, real like practical dry approach and been like, here's the scientific breakdown of how you're going to get this power. Now, all you have to do is touch your tongue to the back of my hand one time. I will it. Boom. We're good. I like how you made that very clinical, like doctoral. You're like, hey, listen, just lick the back of my hand. Yep. And we're good. That's it. That's all you got to do. Why is your phone out, All Might? Why are you filming this? <laughs> all Might? Why, why is that phone? It's all, all Might? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So I'll do our Justin Briner voice. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, and then do our Chris Sabat voice. <laughs> I am here. It's so, I, could, I could never I do can, it. I can't do, actually, I feel like I'm usually pretty confident about emulating my, my, my colleagues and friends, but both of those guys are just exist vocally out of where I'm where I am. Chris is just... So darn deep and 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 bassy baritone and and Justin's just a little too high tenor floaty away from me. I'm like, it's cool. It's actually really great. It's good casting. Good casting, Colleen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So this is actually a My Hero Academia podcast. I don't know if you guys realize that. This is uh, all that we're going to talk about. We can talk about other things. No, that's things. fine. I think. I think uh, it's an enjoyable topic. It's been a minute. I'm not going to lie. It's been a minute since I've talked about anime. And when I say a minute. I literally mean the last episode of Double Talk like three years ago now. 
Oh, wow. Okay. So, this is funny because I recently have only been in uh, My Hero Academia the past like year and a half, you know, that it's been going on. I've been recording or got cast as this role in end of season three is when Mirio shows up. But uh, I've started to do these conventions all around the world. And I've at my now exposure to anime and talking about anime, Justin, has just ramped up tremendously. <laughs> I already would talk about it, you know, casually and for fun. I'm like, yeah, I do. I work on some stuff. But My Hero, again, it's, it's just a hype train. Now it's just all the time, everywhere. <laughs> that's that's all we're going to talk about. So that that's a question I have for you, Rico, and you kind of touched on it, that you've been doing anime for a very long time, honestly. I mean, it just keeps going. Time keeps on ticking. <laughs> but with what My Hero is, like as a, as a brand, as a pop culture phenomenon that's a different experience for you all together. So it was, talk about kind of your experience before My Hero and after My Hero. You know, B-H-A and A... B-N-H-A? Oops. B Before. Before B-B. M-H-A. So, yeah. yeah, sorry, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> B-M-H-A and A-M-H-A time periods. Uh, yeah. I'm going to need those acronyms again <laughs> later. You're going to need to spell those out for me. Were you going to say BB, like before Bo- Boku no Hero? Well, I was going to say, bef- B- I, I've always referenced it as My Hero Academia mm-hmm. because I speak English. And that's just it. That's fair. I'm trying to learn Japanese. It's tough. Um, but but I will say, it's changed um, my whole outlook on on anime. And that's that's no stretch of the imagination. It's really silly. Uh, because, and I say silly, uh, mostly because <clears throat> I, I watch a lot of anime and there are many, many properties that I've, I've seen. Um, like I said, I think the first anime I ever watched was, um, Akira was, was Akira with my, my, my like full on movie with my brothers. And I was not supposed to watch it cause I was too young and it blew my little mind. It freaked <laughs> me out. Um, but I was like hooked. I was transfixed. I wanted to know more about this medium. It was, it was, it was crazy. It was violent and gory and uh, had a whole bunch of like philosophical themes that I, I did not understand. And, but I would love to talk to my brothers about, um, of course, I should say like my first show growing up was, was Dragon Ball. Uh, my cousins would watch I think that's true for everybody. a lot of us. Yeah. Um, Sailor Moon. I'd watch that with my cousins. Um, and, uh, um, there's a few shows back in the day but in any case i digress what i mean to say is after living a living my life up to this point watching a ton of anime uh, i went to grad school out of smu in 2009 i think the first like uh funimation gig i did was in like 2011 roughly so it's been nine years golly it's 2020 man nine years i'm working on anime and now, just now, like over the last year, 2019, um, after working on My Hero Academia, I, I've, my whole perspective has, has shifted because I think growing up with Dragon Ball, yeah, we had Goku, we had Vegeta, we had these characters that we could always relate to and the community therein. Like when you met other Dragon Ball fans growing up, you know, we would all charge up or, you know, throw our spirit bomb at each other or talk about our favorite character or go like, you know, those little rapid punch sequences. Like, yeah! like I played a bunch of Street Fighter growing up. Also, like being a gamer was a big was a big facet of it. But I think 
now, and I've talked to my brothers a bit about this, now that, you know, we're grown men, uh, with like, I have nephews, like my brother's got kids of his own. And um, now that we're sort of in the, the driver's seat of, of creating this art form, uh, when I, when I, when I go to these conventions and I see people from all age demographics connecting to it, because you know, when we were kids and we were watching Dragon Ball, you try to tell your parents about it. They're like, what? I guarantee you, like, I can put all my money on it. I'm like, what is this? Do you know what I mean? Was the response. It's like, I don't know what this is. This is a new art form. It's very strange. It was very rare to have a parent who was actually down with you watching Dragon Ball. I, I think I can say that pretty confidently because a, a lot of my pals growing up experienced that. But now to see parents, grandparents, uh, you know, younger people, teens, uh, little kids, all enjoying the same show and it's anime and we all have access to it because of the internet. It's, it's, um, it's game changing, man. Like, uh, people's, people's affinity with the show. Like, because I think, I, I don't know guys, like, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but like when I think of My Hero Academia, we've seen Shonen's before. Like my brothers and I watched Naruto. We were like, oh, all in on that show. Um, even though I, I think like, and it has its own strong following, right? But there's there's something really special about the time and pressure of My Hero Academia um, in in the world right now. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm kind of just blabbering on. I apologize because I, I, I've been trying to like articulate it as to why exactly it, it um, how it's changed my view, but the way that the fans approach me, man, and going to these conventions and just, I'm, I'm but a humble actor. I did one role in this show. Do you know what I mean? And people uh, are so connected to this character. I've done a ton of roles in, in my life, but this one, it just means so much to people. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I guess maybe that it's changed me because of that interaction. Like I go to these conventions now and people meet me with that energy. I'm a pretty high, high energy dude, as you could probably probably here but like to meet people constantly meeting me with that kind of energy and that adoration and love for the show um it makes it really hard man to like i don't know not not understand its appeal i just keep i keep finding myself going further and further in fanboying more just like <laughs> midoria but Sorry, I feel like I talked in a big circle. I <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's important to kind of acknowledge that the like it it is a difference and there's there is a difference within the culture and my hero is a show that's kind of influenced that like again, we've we've had these pop culture phenomenons in anime. Mm-hmm. Uh Dragon Ball's clearly one, Naruto's clearly one. Um I mean, unfortunately, like One Piece hasn't really done that as much as you would hope it would. Uh, my hero is actually, I think, in my opinion, surpassed. You know, a, a One Piece. It's 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 bigger than, say, maybe a Bleach or something like that. Um, I would say, arguably, arguably more influential now than a lot of those. Um, but it's also a show that's heavily influenced by Western culture. Yes, and right. um, it's kind of changed a lot of perception of anime and introduced a lot of new people to anime. And I think it's built for you in particular as an actor uh, within this space. It probably has changed your career significantly, I would say. Yeah, man. I mean, I, again, it's, and you brought up a good point with, with like 
the way that that my hero, the story itself, I mean, kids are on cell phones, right? They're one of my favorite sequences is uh, um, Endeavor is is texting Todoroki. And he's like, son, in all caps, in all caps. And he's like yelling, he's like, son, are, are, uh, I, you did a good job today. Why don't you text me back, son? Like in all caps. And it's like, and then you hear Todoroki sigh. Dave Matranga's like, oh, I don't want to text my dad back. Where in what anime, like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's a very, uh, that could be like, it's a time sensitive thing. That's a 2020 thing to do. So 20 years down the line, when someone's like looking at cell phones and like, oh my goodness, cell phones, because we're all going to have, impl- you know, cerebral implants at that point. I don't know whatever Apple comes out with. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for cameras in my eyeballs. But, right. So if we take that same concept and scale it back 20 years to, God, 20 years ago is 2000? I know. I know. This is what I'm saying, Justin. Like we, like we are the age of like the people who are making. We're we're like right here. We're making this art like right now, and it's all I don't know. Okay, what were we doing? What were each of us doing in 2000? Like the the year I, I was in high school. Yeah. All right. So I was, I was dating myself. I was a sophomore in high school at that time. Um, so I was going to art, it was, it was art high school. I was really into, oh, lucky. uh, <laughs> that's cool. It, yeah, I actually kind of was, <laughs> yeah. um, man, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't teach you humility. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly they taught you. <laughs> um, but I was, I was really into K-pop at the time. This is like late nineties. Oh man. Old K-pop. school K-pop. Yeah. Wait, where in the world were you? Like where? Here, Dallas. You're in Dallas. Okay, yeah. cool. Dallas, I was, I was going to high school in downtown Dallas. So it was like a downtown Dallas kid, which didn't exist because there's not really a downtown scene, especially in 2000. Wait, so Booker T? Uh-huh. Booker oh, T. Booker T's great. Oh, so yeah, cool, yeah. Man. yeah. So I went to Booker T, Washington uh, High School for the Performing and Visual Arts is what the full name of the school is. Mm-hmm. BTWHSPVA. Uh, I went there for visual arts. So uh, I, I auditioned and I got into the school. Uh, what was that? 1998, 99. And then actually I was put on the waiting list. Um, but here now I have to qualify the story. <laughs> the, the school's a public school. And so all of Dallas fed into this uh, special arts magnet school. Only about five or 600 kids went to the school total for all four years, like uh, ninth through 12th grade was only like five to 600 total students. So freshman class was like 100, 200 students max or something That's like that. That's amazing. And um, the demographic breakdown had to, since it was a public school and it was a special like entry school, had to match the demographic population to make it fair for everybody. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Now, if you break down the Dallas population by demographic, Asian males are a very small percentage Mm. of the entire population. So that percentage, only that many Asian males were allowed into the school. Oh, wow. And so I was like in a one literal, like, I think it was 2% other you were the other, and I was I was in the other category for a class of like maybe two hundred people. Wow! So there was only four of us in the other category that was getting 
accepted into this school. Can I just tell you, and this is something that maybe you guys can recognize, but that, that capital O other that they make you check. <laughs> like, it's like, so what are you? Uh, you're either white, black, Latino, something else. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> man, come on. Why you got to make me as like a 16, 15 year old, like, person who doesn't really probably understand like most of myself brand myself on the scantron and i gotta fill it in the box because if i don't do it right someone's gonna yell at me (laughs) and you know what that inherently does as well for a school like this which again i don't know a better way to do it right we you know people i'm sure are doing the best they could at the time but that means dave if me and you were trying to get into the school at the same time we're in direct competition with each other are we though if i just beat you up uh, oh. They don't. They don't look at that on the uh, audition because it's literally an audition to go in. So what I had to do to get in the school was submit my portfolio, um, which at at what was I twelve? My twelve, 12 my years old. Twelve bro. year old portfolio. Oh my God. Um, from my arts like classes that I took. Was like, it full of Dragon Ball? It was yeah. not actually. Um, I, I did have like no way. <laughs> I okay. So you know what? Okay, so if you want now, you open that box. Yes. So. There were some pretty nerdy things in there. Okay, this is a very obscure, probably, thing for a lot of people. I was really into Space Ghost. Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Yeah. Yeah. I watched a lot of Space Ghost, and I definitely had a Brack drawing, like, watercolor or something. I don't even know what that (laughs) was. You had a watercolor Brack? That's incredible. In there. I like Zorak. Sorry. (laughs) Zorak is green. Yeah. evil. So w- weird. I mean, I haven't thought about that in, in years. Uh, I could go on a whole other Space Ghost tangent because, <laughs> no, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I used to watch a lot of Space Ghost Coast to Coast and Space and and um, Cartoon Planet, which is was the, the other version of the Space Ghost show that I don't know. Was it even? It was Adult Swim still at the time, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. as far as I know. Um, yep. It was like right on the beginnings of Adult Swim. Like, literally, when it was still the swimming thing. Yeah, we're, like, the same age. I'm, like, knowing exactly what yeah. you're saying, dude. That's wild. And so, okay, here's where it gets really crazy. We didn't have internet. Like, this is a time period where people didn't readily have internet. Mm-hmm. All right, dial up yeah. for the people that. I had, does anyone remember Juno? Yes. Ah, uh, yes. yes. So, I had Juno, which was just a dial-up system you used to retrieve email at the time. I think it expanded into an actual internet service, but I used Juno to write an email to Cartoon Planet slash Adult Swim slash William Street Studio back in the day. This is like when they first started doing stuff. And I was like, hey, really big fan. Would love it if you just sent me anything. And they did. What? They sent me all of these like black and white like headshot photos of Space Ghost Zorak uh, Bracken Moltar. And they were all autographed. What? Oh my. Yeah, and I have those at the house still. You're kidding. And later on in life, I was—I never thought of I thought this, it was so cool, and I like hung them in my room and stuff. I, pro- I should have taken way better care of them than I did because I was a kid. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't know. know. Um, but as an adult, I started going to all these conventions and for work, right? I was at, I think it was New York Comic Con, actually. And I was at New York Comic Con, and I walked up to a booth, and I was like, oh, dude, it's, it's the voice of Zorak, who is also... Ah! Um, he's a he's he was an animator, uh, at the time as well too, because they everybody just did everything right, right in house, yeah. And I was like, hey, it's a really weird question, but like way 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 back in the day, I contacted the the Adult Swim team and they sent me these headshots of 
the characters and they're autographed. I was like, do you have any, cause he worked like in the studio. Right. And I was like, do you have any idea who would have like actually autographed these? Cause you don't know. They could have, you know, <laughs> sure. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, it's probably our intern. I remember there was this intern guy who worked there and he signed him and he's like some executive at the company now. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Like that's like a like it's it's such a that's weird thing really to cool, think man. about. And I need to find those. They're at the house somewhere. Dude, yeah, I want to see those. But anyway, that was a really long tangential story. To I don't even know what I was talking about anymore. We were Booker T. We we're talking about art school. We we're talking about two thousand, the year yes, two thousand, twenty years ago. Because my point was, what were we doing? And what was in entertainment at the time that because you're talking about the right. cell phone in my thing. Here academia, how it's very uh, of today. Kids yeah. can connect to it. Not just kids. Everyone could connect to it in a lot of different ways. And what was happening in, in, in the 2000s? Like I said, I was into K-pop and I was uh, into anime. I start. That's like when I was like watching like Rooney Kenshin and, and oh, Dragon Kenshin, Ball. Oh, Kenshin, dude. I remember that. Uh, mm-hmm. Fushigi Yugi. Samurai X. Oh, yeah. yeah. And all that, like, and these are all torrents because there's no other way right. to get them yeah, at yeah. the time, Absolutely. right? I discovered the world of torrents at the time, which is very sketchy. I mean, you didn't even know what you were pirating. Like, we yeah. didn't know it was pirating at the time because it's baby internet. This is like Wild West internet where you log on. <laughs> this is kind of an embarrassing story, but I'll tell it real quick. Like, because, you know, we didn't have internet. I think there's like a couple computers at the school that had it. And, you know, it's teachers out of the room. Like, hey, Rico, check this out. Type in like boob or something, <laughs> and I'm like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? Someone's gonna." I'm like, "I don't know. Stop! Stop that!" And they click it, and like you know, a medical journal comes up or something, and like, or like breast, you know, or something because you have to like this again, guys. This is like baby internet, so it hasn't it hasn't had the time to 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 soak in all of. Lord knows Culture. what all of you have, yeah, <laughs> all of you contributed to the the chorus of the internet that is all of our searches and metrics and all the things that we didn't have, you know, uh, they didn't have those iPhones and things in our pockets that we could search with. But yeah, I remember, I remember like going on the internet and being able to, you can look up anything on here. It's like yeah, or like waiting for pictures to load. Do you remember like it would like load up a little bit of picture oh, yeah. and you like can see it? A chunk at a time. Yeah, the Kunk. scan, the, the progressive scanning Kunk. of photos. Yeah. Dude. Um, all right. <laughs> I think I think at the it's time. It's a boob. Oh, it's not a boob. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a, uh, that was a cantaloupe. There was a, there was like, there was, and there was so few of those photos that existed in the world at the time. That were on the internet. So it was the same one. We all saw the yeah, same yep. cantaloupe. Oh, you saw the cantaloupe too, mm-hmm. damn. That's when memes. That's like the birth of memes, you guys. When, when you said you applied to go to that school for visual art, in my head what I pictured was baby Justin putting in an application to this art school to like learn how to make memes. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's what I pictured in my head. Well, that is not what happened. Um, <laughs> Sadly. Really. You could have cranked out yeah. some golden Go, memes. Can, can you imagine how advanced I'd be if I was making, like, learning how to make memes at <laughs> the age of 14 in the in 2000? A master's in or, meme crafting? Oh, dude, 16, that's like marketing. Yeah, you would have, like, <laughs> annihilated. It would have been incredible. So back to my original <laughs> point of being in the 2000s, or at literally the year 2000. I'm not, I'm not even talking about the 2000s. I'm talking about like the year 2000. Um, 
I don't even know that we were using candy bar phones still, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it was the click 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 to mm-hmm. like spell yeah. out a word. Ta, 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 ta. Three T-9. three three two two two. That's right. Whatever. Thank you. T-9. Okay. Um so <clears throat> it, that cell phone conversation, you you weren't texting your parents. That didn't exist. If you were texting, it was costing you five cents a freaking a text. Per text. <sighs> I rem- yeah, actually, I remember now that like phone calls weren't free yet. Like it was only within the cell phone network that That's you right. could call unlimited. Right. Are That's you on? Right. Are you on singular? Oh sweet, we oh, can sweet. talk. We yeah. can talk as much for as we free? want for free. <laughs> you God, it's incredible. Uh, I no. got a phone bill for like fifteen hundred dollars from T-Mobile. What? Because they forgot to check a box that said like uh, I got like nights and weekends free. Or I think something like oh that. Oh my god, that's a thing! Nights and weekends free. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember I would talk to my girlfriend late at night because I wanted I had to wait till after seven o'clock, and I'm like, okay, let's talk. Let's talk. <laughs> um, you know, because you got to keep the the landline free for the dial-up. So <laughs> you true. guys don't pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the sorry guys. That's an authentic VO performance <laughs> of a 56k modem. Uh, while whilst. Uh, so Rich, here. you had 56k. God, you're so privileged. I know you're privileged as hell. What was it? Is Is Isn or anyway? Like if 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 Dave was playing StarCraft, and and like I went to pick up the phone to go order a you know a pizza, because <laughs> I wouldn't do it online because I don't have internet. Access. You would just hear, <laughs> and you could actually hear. You could tell what the beeps were. I'm like, oh shoot, it's trying to reconnect. Like literally, you guys, I'm showing my age hard. But like, hang up the phone, hang up the yep. phone. I'm in the middle of this game of StarCraft, no! I'm disconnected. But the, but the, game, would, but the game would freeze, it would pause. Yeah. And then you'd like, recon- and we'd like get back. Yeah. You'd have that lagging out message, yes. like the timer starts counting Yeah, down. and you just wait. I'm like, no, 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 Justin will be back. He'll be back, let's wait. <laughs> so I go get a drink, I come back, I'm like, you back? <laughs> this is now the old man podcast. Oh, you we guys. We moved on from my hero. We have Discord now. Guys, we dreamed of Discord. All right, so what were you guys doing in the year 2000? Because I want to oh, know. Man, I think, I think that might make me the youngest person in this room. That's, Ooh, that's right. rare for you, too. Right? That's very right? rare for I you. Because think... he hangs out with children. You're old. <laughs> I, think, You're old. Uh, I think in 2000, I would have been in sixth grade. I was, I was in middle school. I know that. Because I graduated high school in 2006. Oh, Justin and I have been beating you up because you're both in high school. <laughs> no, nah, we won't beat you up. No, nah, I've never been in a fight. So I've never beat somebody up in my life. Ever? Nope. It never feels like you're beating a person up because it's, it's usually just like. It's we, just, could, we could we like, give you your first up. fight. <laughs> give you, do, you, do you want it? <laughs> like, is that on your bucket list? It's live right now, guys. Live right now. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> ah! Wait. Okay. Ow! <laughs> Acting. <laughs> um. Yeah. I think. I think. Like my life was just Dragon Ball after school each day, while I was waiting for dinner. And uh, I. That. That's the thing is I didn't watch. I only really watched the shows that were on TV. Like I didn't actively seek out other shows because i didn't even know that they existed it's just whatever's on yeah i was just like okay like dragon ball z is a thing you know uh Roroni kenshin but i didn't like things like akira and no see where that star started coming up was sci-fi channel saturday anime so i didn't i was uh 
I can tell you in 2000, I was also a sophomore in high school. Um, and I remember trying to get anime. My brothers, we couldn't find it anywhere. Like we had to get it from our library, our local library. Mm -hmm. We would rent, we would borrow the VHSs and we'd order them. So like, say for instance, we watched a few episodes of, oh gosh, I remember I watched Ranma one half. That was like, I, I, I like that show. And Tenshi. Tenshi was like, uh, uh, Tenshi. Yo, Tenshi was like, are they going to show a boo? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That was like, okay, what's the name of the girl? Um, uh, Ri it's an Ryoko? R. Ryoko. Oh my God. I had a big old like 12 year old or 13 year old crush on Ryoko. I don't know why. I don't know why. Anyway, but yeah, uh, Tenshi Muyo, dude. Or Tenshi Universe. What was it? Tenshi Muyo? They're all there. So it's the Tenshi series. Oops. That was a Tenchi series, and then it had Muyo, it had Universe, and it had T Tenchi and Tokyo. Those were all separate, okay. like, things are all in the same sphere. thing. Okay, I don't remember Tokyo. I didn't get that far. But I remember there was, like, a six VHS set, and we watched the first one, and my siblings were like, it's I. Right. And I watched it. I was, like, captivated. I'm like, whoa. What's going to happen? Is she in love with him? What's going to... I got drawn the F in, you guys, hard. And we got, like, the third cassette, and... uh God, that's so old. It's like so, but we were missing the fourth, and like my sister brought home the fifth one, and I was like, wait, no, 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 no. We, I can't, I can't, I can't watch this one. Like something happened. I started watching. I'm like, no, no, this isn't right. We missed something. Something happened in the fourth one. I'm like, they, did they kiss? I don't know what happened. Something happened, um, and I lost my GD mind, dude, as a kid because I wanted to find out what happened. Um, so we ended up ordering. A VHS in like Northern California, they like mailed this cassette from one library to our library. It took like several weeks. I got the cassette. I watched it and I felt so satisfied. I was the only one that watched it. Like my, we would all watch together, you know, like all my siblings and I, um, most things, if you like a video game or like whatever, we all kind of like crowd around the TV. But this one was like, no one gave a shit about Tenshi except for me in that house. And I'm like, it's finally time I put in the cassette. Cause I'd seen everything. And I kind of like rewound my brain to that moment where I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, man, that was, it was really hard to get a hold of, of the anime you wanted to watch back then. I didn't, I didn't hit that phase until I was in high school. When I was a junior, I was like 17. That was the year that I like cranked anime. And I was, I would literally like sit there with my instant noodles. Yes. Well, yes. Don't didn't put it into like a bowl. I would just eat it out of the pot, yeah. and just sit there and watch like Fruits Basket, the original Fruits Basket. I watched that thing start to finish, in I don't know, like I guess you know binging. I, I that this was before binging was a thing, right? And and that was, but I binged too hard, because after that year, I was like, I don't. There's I nothing. Don't, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I can like go back to this for a while. I had to like go on a watching anime hiatus. Right, because it wasn't like nowadays there's so much content. Oh yeah. man, I think we just happened upon something. Because back then, yeah, I would I watched all of Evangelion. My friends and I, we like talked about it, nerded out about it. Like we went, we went on eBay, tried to find like the the you know Japanese versions that like end of Ava and all the things that we couldn't get a hold of. Watched that and we're like, well, I guess. I guess that's all we can watch until something new that we like comes out. And even then you kind of had to rely on friends because there's, there was some stuff that like, you're like, this is kind of lame. And it's uh, not like you could, yeah, you couldn't just get a new thing immediately. No. Literally like, like now you can literally be like, up, oh, done, push another button. And there's literally hundreds of other shows you could watch. 
And like, yeah, other services like Netflix will recommend, oh, you like this, try this. Oh, dude, it was hard. It was hard to develop like a, a wheelhouse, you know what I mean? Of yeah. like things that you enjoyed. So that's a trip, you guys. Yeah. Like reflecting on it, I'm like, I think we kind of nurtured this this thing where it's like, oh, you like this, you must like that. Oh, man. Even Gellion was a thing that I watched in college. So I was probably 20, like 1920, something like that. And um, my friend, Jonathan Sabai, who is in, lives in Japan now, he literally moved to Japan like right after college and has never come back. <laughs> um, but he was like, hey, I've got this show, uh, Evangelion. Have you heard of him? I was like, yeah, I've seen a lot of like gifs and like and that's the thing is like i'm talking about like og gifs like evangelion is one of those things you saw a lot of old images of but you didn't see the series because you couldn't um but i saw i saw them on like geocity sites and alta vista and yes! people's zanga pages oh my God. you know and i was like cool yeah i'll watch this <laughs> and this is when he was i mean we we're both at ut dallas and i went to his apartment and he had like three other roommates and he was like, yeah, check it out. And I was like, cool. I'll sit down and watch it. Um, and he had the whole DVD set, like the physical DVD oh, set. That's awesome. and I was like, that's cool. And so I watched the first one. I was like, yeah, I'll watch the next one. Uh, yeah, I'll watch the next one. Yeah, I'll watch the next one. I watched the entire series in one sitting without wow. getting up, without getting up like at all. Like, I don't even think I went to the bathroom. Can I tell you every time I heard the music in that show, every time I heard, I was like, oh, there's another angel. Like, I'm literally upstairs, like, because me and my friends would watch that together too, but I would hear that and I'm like, oh, they're attacking. What's what's Shinji gonna do? Is he gonna get in the damn robot? <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was the first show in my life that I ever binged the entire series all at once, but I didn't have Evan end of Evangelion at the time. And so I got to the end and I was just like, That's it? What? Yeah, oh dude. Yeah, that was a weird feeling. That was a weird, weird feeling. And I didn't know the whole backstory of all those things and how the, the, the things about budgets and all that. Like, I didn't sure. have an understanding we of that no, at the no, time. No. We had to kind of interpret it for what it was. Just for, so people know, for context, what Justin and I are talking about, um, when you watch the whole series of Evangelion on DVD, it, the ending is, is sort of this, it just is a cliffhanger of sorts um, without the ending movies. Uh, mm -hmm. Death and Rebirth, I think is what they're called. Um now but at the time when the show was coming out there were there were budget cuts that stopped the show and uh again when you're getting your anime sourcing it from what you didn't realize was piracy slash also you know um your friend who came back from japan or ebay you you know what i mean like you're 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 you couldn't you're, just google it either right like you you're, couldn't you're just... forced to like it's the narrative that's established between friends at school. Uh, yeah, web um, discussion board, chat rooms, not chat forums. rooms. Forums. Forums, thank you. That's yeah. the point of chat rooms. Dude, chat rooms, and I was going on a different tangent, but I used to hop in those AOL chat rooms. That was such a big deal back in the day to get your AOL, AOL account and be in the chat rooms. Oh, yeah. And then I'm not going to lie. I had some of these like chat room buster applications that like, force broke you into like full chat rooms and stuff because for whatever reason at this time in in life you really want to get into a chat room with a hundred other people because I, why i i want to <laughs> avoid that as much as possible now i don't like it's such a di dynamic between that and now i don't know it's weird no you're right i remember that 
and I remember uh, like instant messaging, like you know, <gasps> romantic in- interests. I am. All right, worst aim handle that you've oh, ever had. Oh no! Oh god! Oh god! I was so emo, dude. Mine was always like, uh, you know. Uh, low- By the way, a- aim AOL instant messenger AIM. Yes, just aim. To clarify. Just people know this. Also, like ICQ was a good chat app. Um, little flower and tell you when it's online. When it's not. Um, mine was like, I remember it was depressive and cold. So it was something like like a like frozen lonely night or some, something <laughs> wow then, that that sounds like a generic anime side character yes that's that's really what it was it was like uh no no i think it was actually like like arctic like arctic night i think is what it was k k n i g h t yeah yeah okay. like like the, of course man <laughs> <laughs> i'm weave as hell <laughs> okay. oh my god oh yeah arctic I, night i spent a lot of time trying to think of like really edgy melodramatic usernames um i think it probably would have been like i, I took the I, I was trying to be super clever right i was like i was so proud of myself and i took the words like revelation and asian and stuck them together oh yeah <laughs> I oh. oh, I thought and I was I thought I was like the cleverest, edgiest dude. That's a portmanteau, just so you know. All right. Oh, you take man. two words and smash it. So wait, what was it? You're a, a revelation. Revelation. <laughs> All right. Oh. So that is revelation. a that is a common theme within the Asian bad. community <laughs> at that point in time, because mine was imagination. Oh my god. Wow. That is incredible. <laughs> I can't believe it. Are you being real, Justin? Yes. I 100%. Okay, so I he, thought you were just messing no, with No, no, this is that was what I was going to say and then he started telling his story and it was just like, like, oh he's, my he's god. He's shrubbing my pain with his fingers. Oh my Oh god. How did you spell it? Spell it please. A Z N. It's gotta be A capital Z. No, 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 no. I I, I actively avoided A-Z-N. the A Z N thing. Because <laughs> that was because that was already played out. That was already played oh, yeah, out. Yeah. But then the other thing was when you were picking usernames, back then, like you could make like a capitalized I for an L if like the username mm-hmm. you wanted was mm-hmm. taken. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I did R E V E L A S I A N. Like I literally was just like, I'm just gonna take these two words, slap them together, and it's gonna be the edgiest thing. Like people are gonna think I'm so cool. That's badass. So and now it's like the cringiest thing in the it, world. I feel like mine. I would never do this again. By the way, um, oh, that's gonna be like my next online fighter name <laughs> is Revelation. <laughs> So again, I made mine imagination. <laughs> I'm sorry, Justin. You enter the world of the imagination. And and okay, so like my son's name Xander, right? You use the the an X can make a Z sound, yes. and same reasoning as Dave was like, oh, A Z N is played out, like. Like this is better for some reason. <laughs> you improved. How do you improve upon perfection? I Tell me, it, Justin. Yeah, I am a G I N A X N. 
you are you are an innovator. Oh yeah, that takes a lot of that's it takes extra, a, takes a lot it of takes an extra thought, a <laughs> lot of imagination. No. Oh, oh <laughs> that's what you're hoping. Like, did you see? You needed to use it in order to understand it. If you if you the just... key to the door is the door. Melock, <laughs> <laughs> speak friend and enter. Oh, imagination wow. with an X. <laughs> How do you spell imagination? Ah, oh, with an X, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and then just just walk away. Yeah, don't explain squinty it. Squinty eyed, and just be like, just, you figure it I out. I don't understand <laughs> what you're talking about. It's because you didn't use just, your imagination. We're, <laughs> we're on two different levels. Yeah, next level. <laughs> Guess you're not an, an intellectual like I am. Clearly, clearly, I'm not. God, that's incredible that you guys did that. I remember my pals who would have the the AZN stuff like. But they were they were always just way better at me than computer games. Okay, so here's here's a question I have for you, Rico. Yeah. On this same train of thought, um, Dave, if you guys aren't aware, uh, is Chinese. Is there a particular Chinese you want to disclose? I was born in Shanghai. Okay. What up? Uh, <laughs> uh, I am Filipino. Both my parents are Filipino. Um, both came from the Philippines. I'm first generation. Rico. Uh, gets the gets to be the the mestizo or, mm-hmm. or it's half yeah. half and well, God, just a, so many things. Uh, I did a an ancestry dot com recently, and it was like because already in the Philippine Islands, you know, the Spaniards came over and you know said hello to the, <laughs> the Islanders <laughs> and like take religion here, have Catholicism and uh, and uh, guns. Well, it, they didn't give them the guns; yeah, they threatened no. them with. <laughs> but um, anyway, case in point. Uh, Already being Filipino kind of makes you a sort of mix, I guess, anyways. But um, yeah, I'm uh, Filipino, quarter Irish, Native American, Spaniard, uh, English in there. Like it's it's all over. My little map thing is everywhere. But uh, and that's a thing for me as a so so Filipino is already like borderline Asian to some people, where it's like, oh well, you're more Pacific Islander. It's like. Sure, technicalities. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, technically, we're all Asian because it's still Asia. Um, you know, and so are. Are you of the Orient? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but then I. <laughs> Sorry. And 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 the Philippines is a is a you know used to be a U.S. territory and had a lot of crossover with the U.S. due to the war and all that stuff. Um, and so there are a lot of like half, a half Filipino half you know, white, American, whatever, crossbreed nationality type of things. And even me fitting, I hate to like say this, me fitting into the Asian community at the time was even like a little difficult sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now being someone who's only half Filipino, I feel like that's even, that's like another level of like identity crisis oh, in bro. that space. Yeah, it's a trip. Um, <clears throat> and especially being an actor, um, I guess for the voice profession, it's cool because, you know, you don't, you gotta see my face. I can just do whatever. But um, I am, I've been called ambiguously brown <laughs> to where I've played. I mean, legitimately guys, like they're like to where I've, I've played Persian on camera, Spanish, you know, like, like Span- Spaniard, Spanish, Mexican, uh, 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 Filipino, obviously, various types of Japanese like and and different kinds of and that's the funny thing man is it's like 
I'm mixed, so I have a kind of agency when it comes to acting gigs. At least I'm, I'm referring to uh, on camera mostly and theater. Uh, but um, when it comes to <clears throat> the sort of exclusionary uh, approach, I, this this might help. This might be a really great quick story to kind of uh, encapsulate my experience. Uh, casting for Asian male, um, I, I appear on set and it is, I won't disclose who it, who it was for because I'm sure you, if you've seen this commercial or whatever, you, you would know what it is. I'm there, a half Filipino, variety of ethnicities. My wife is a Chinese woman, lovely. Um, our children are one, our boy is is Japanese and our, our little girl, this is all, it's all acting. So we're all, you know, cast and our, our little girl is uh, Korean. And then we had a baby as well. And our baby, the baby on set was, uh, I believe, Vietnamese? Like every different kind of like... <laughs> But the but the 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 casting and everything was done by Anglo, you know, white folks, and it's okay. I mean, like I'm I'm also very white. I'm part of you know. But what's interesting is is how uh, when you're mixed, the agency that you are allowed sometimes, and the agency you are not. Like even in the way you said, like you're only half Filipino. That was that's like I've heard that. But I'm like, oh, you're you're at least half. Like the way that people <laughs> quantify it. Do you know what I mean? Like, so even in that phrase, I can hear, ah, that must be a, a full Filipino person saying that. <laughs> and that's messed up to say, but I can hear it. It happens also with like, uh, you know, my uh, more Anglo friends who'd be like, oh, so, so what are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm Irish. I'm Welsh. I'm a Native American, a few things. And they're like, huh, go on, go on. Keep telling me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm a little Filipino. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like... <laughs> And uh, to go back earlier to what you said about other capital O, it's like people want to know what you are and what you are, how you're unlike me. How are you like me or how are you unlike me? Because if you're like me, I can see that and I can say it right away. But if you're not like me, I got to be able to brand that and say it so I can then relate to you, which I mean, it's human. It's a very human thing. But uh, it's there's a reason why Ghost in, the, Ghost in the Shell is one of my favorite animes, just to kind of tie that in there. Is because <clears throat> I feel like spiritually I was I was raised by the Filipino side of my family, you know, uh, first generation. I'm technically the first generation as well, um, even though my mom's side of the family has been in the states for a while. I was raised mostly by my my father's side. Um, I I feel connected to the culture, but when I stand in front of a bunch of Filipino people, you know, I I I'm embraced in a different way, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? And similarly, if I am with a bunch of uh, Anglo Caucasian people, I am all I am othered as well. So there's something very interesting about having the exterior that people can kind of choose to call me what they want. You know what I mean? And I'm almost at the mercy of what people want to. But then also it's very empowering because I have this agency, right? I can I can move between so many things. You're Neo. <laughs> you're, you're, you're outside the matrix i mean i don't know man but and yet i'm not i'm not invited i'm also not filipino i'm not white i am not irish even though i am but the funny thing is is when i say to irish folks like oh, i'm a quarter irish they're like ah, oh, that's great come on <laughs> and like there's there's the inclusion which also happens filipino filipino people which also happens with you know white folks like oh yeah that's cool like so but um 
Yeah. Yeah. Like Dave and I can never be like, oh, well, I'm part white. And then they're like, <laughs> welcome on him. <laughs> why, is this, why is it the country right I'm now? I'm in Texas. <laughs> oh, we are in Texas. Yes. But it's true. Yeah. I mean, man, it's it's something else. I um, it's I could go on. Like I've I've written papers about this. Uh, really, rest his soul, Ken Washington. He used to uh, he worked in the education uh, at Guthrie Theater. Uh, wonderful, wonderful man. Um, asked me once about uh, you know like my my heritage and upbringing. Uh, we were a bunch of grad actors from around the country. We came together to 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 make a project, and I was like, ah, you know, I'm Filipino. I'm this. I'm that. Blah. And his eyes raised. And older man, he talked like this, and he'd be like. Oh, so you're Filipino, first generation? And I was like, well, what does that even mean? I never cared to ask, really, because, you know, it didn't really matter to me growing up in the States. I was like, I just, I was born in California, West Coast, you know what I mean? Like, no one, there's enough kind of different ethnicities to where I had kind of agency there. But he said, oh, that's very important when you grow up and, and you're the first, first one here. You define so, and he proceeded to just blow my mind about what it means to be a first generation person in the United States and where your family comes from, what it takes to come to a, a new country and, you know, asking me about my heritage. And I, I was embarrassed that I knew so little about where I came from. And he started to give me, he gave me a few books, some plays to read by some Asian authors. And I was reading them and like, it was like plucking upon strings in me that I did not even know were there. I'm like, ah, cause I think so powerfully, many of us want to just blend in and assimilate, you know, and be a part of. But then when you do that and you aren't invited, you aren't like fully, you know, invited to be Filipino, you aren't fully invited to be white, fully like people can, to be wholly a part of something, which to bring it back to, to Ghost in the Shell and stuff like that, like people can see you as your exterior of what you are, but like, you know, what are you, what are you really, you know? Um, anyway, yeah, I get all sentimental about it, but man, it's like, it's a whole thing, bro. It's yeah, a whole thing. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a it's a tough subject for a lot of people, and I mean, I've done a lot of uh, podcasting and 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 other content with Jay Hairston, um, and he's half black and half white, and he has a lot of that similar, you know, kind of like identity crisis. Like, where do I belong? I'm I'm everything, but I'm nothing. You know, in, in that space, you know what I mean? And it's I know exactly. Like, yeah. it's. <clears throat> And it's what's what's cool about it to bring it back to like gaming terms, like you know you're you're half elf, you have like all the strengths and none of the weaknesses. But again, man, it's like the belonging. You know, you're you're sort of you don't have the strength of a whole culture behind you. Like again, I love going to the Filipino store and getting Filipino food and hanging out and being in oh, people so sweet and so nice and just so kind. And, you know, um, and oftentimes I'm met with with delight. And um, and people compliment me on how tall I am all the time. I'm like, you're so tall. It's tall for a Filipino, but you're mestizo, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, yes, I'm half. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, it's very, very, very sweet. Um, but yes, there, there is, you miss it, man, because you're not like, uh, God, I don't know. It makes me emotional thinking about it. You, uh, Family gatherings, um, any kind of like, any kind of community, tight-knit community. And I don't know, maybe you experience this too, Dave, for, you know, your heritage, like when you're around people that know that we are of the same. Do you experience that out here in the States much or? So, so for me growing up, it was, it was almost 
it was different, but similar. So for me growing up, it was, I'm not Chinese Chinese anymore because I live in this country. Double Chinese. And, <laughs> and I speak English better than I speak Mandarin or Shanghainese. Ah. So Chinese Chinese people, if I went back and visited family, I was different. Because they were like, oh, you've, you've become this other thing. Like Americanized? Right. That, that we're not because we're still here. But then as a Chinese person in America, I'm not, I'm not a white person. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was always like, it's like having that token foreign friend. You know, so I would, I would always be, you know, I had my group of friends and uh, I mean, I grew up in a, a pretty white town. I think I think in high school I was maybe one of four Asian kids in a twelve hundred person high school. Um, so, so I I was always very aware in school that I was not like other people that were there. Um, and I think for me, and I I've talked to some other uh, Asian friends who were born in other countries about this before. There was a period of my life. Or I just wanted to not be Asian. Mm -hmm. I was just like, it'd be the dopest thing in the world if I woke up tomorrow and I was just a white kid named Tim. <laughs> that would like eliminate all of my social problems. One of my closest white friends is named Tim, by the way. Tim McClatt. I love that guy. <laughs> Tim, Tim's a good name. It's a good Tim name. Tim is a good name. <laughs> um, so I think for me, that was that was the the thing that I dealt with was not being accepted by i guess people that considered themselves like really chinese hmm. but i also wasn't americanized enough that i just like ignored that part and just wasn't american yeah <clears throat> being wholly a part of a community man like whatever it is whether it's like ethnic or like and particularly you mentioned in school like you said my group of friends and it made me think right away i'm like I think all my pals growing up, I don't know, are mostly like, I grew up on a farm in like Bay Area, California, like Gilroy, garlic country. If you guys have been out there, it smells like garlic. It's awesome. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of my friends were like Anglo, you know, um, I don't know. So I grew up, um, I went to Catholic school since I was in preschool. So from the age of, was that five, four? four years old through 14 ish 13 um i was in a smaller catholic school i mean smaller because it's not as, as big as a public school i didn't uh, so i i grew up in this very particular community there were filipinos there there were it was a mix there was um um a fair amount of mix of people um i grew up Fairly sheltered at that point in time, right? Because I'm I'm surrounded by my family, and and people at school, and that's that's literally my experience with the world, which I guess is not that uncommon for people. I just happen to be in a very like Catholic environment, mm -hmm. um, and it was again like my class is like my grade, excuse me, my grade is only probably about like sixty people total, and so and and we all were at the same school for a very long time. And so I knew this same group of people for the majority of my life. And I, at a, as a younger child, didn't understand, like, ethnicities. 
I didn't realize that there were like white people and Filipino people and Mexican people. Mm -hmm. And honestly, we didn't have any black kids (laughs) in our school or in my grade at all. Mm. Um, And so I also didn't realize religions existed beyond Catholicism. (laughs) Sure. And so I thought the stuff I saw on TV was all made for TV. Like I thought, like I watched a lot of the Simpsons and they weren't Catholic. They were like a Protestant religion. I thought that was just like a TV religion. A made up thing. (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't probably realize that until I was like 10 or 11 or something. Oh, what a trip. And it's very strange to like start coming to these realizations that there's a world beyond your immediate circle of people. And then I started realizing that like, oh, that kid is different than me. Like. There was a guy um, who was like half Mexican and half white, and he was similar to me, and but I didn't understand why or what the difference was. Like, I didn't understand why he was similar and why he was different. Sure. And I was trying to rationalize it because I didn't realize like ethnicities were a thing yet. Yeah. And so as I started like growing up and I started putting those pieces together, because my honestly, my parents didn't really talk about that. Like, they didn't talk about anything that wasn't relevant to us already right did you, did you ask any questions no i but we didn't have like my, again i'm first generation uh my parents spoke english um they only spoke to me in english but they spoke to each other in tagalog, in tagalog yeah. and then they both each spoke another dialect to their you know other parts of their family because they're from different parts of the philippines uh, ilocano, they yeah, ilocano. <laughs> um so it was ilocano and visaya and then they both, both spoke tagalog you're like i can't Figure it out. I don't know what anything is, right? That's <laughs> messed up. <laughs> they're ta- code talkers, yeah. dude. Parents are like, nah, Justin can't know. They're just sitting there talking shit about him the whole yeah. time. And then there's a point in my life where I start realizing all these things are different and, and I'm not really figuring it out. And I just, but then, so then I just kind of like stop trying. Um, But yeah, then I started realizing that, oh, there are, you know, different ethnicities. And, and I don't know what part of a child's life and what influences them to start making those differences because it's not something that's inherent. It's not something you grow up and are born with. It's something you're taught. And I don't know exactly what taught me that. Hmm. And, I, and I do know, and I've talked to my therapist a lot about this, that I've the, the majority of my learning about social uh, interaction and culture actually isn't from my parents. It's from entertainment. And I learned a lot hmm. of, who I am and who I've become to be is actually based on entertainment I watch. And that's why I think entertainment is such a powerful thing. And that's why I work in it. And that's why I want to keep doing it because I think it is a very important piece to people's development as human beings. Cause I know what it is for me and I have to undo a lot of stuff that media has taught me. Um, unfortunately, um, there's, a, I mean, relationship-wise. Sure. Like, yeah. Dude. <laughs> I imagine. Let, I, I mean, imagine basing all of your romantic relationships of what you saw on TV. That's complete garbage. Ooh. That doesn't work in real life. I think about, like, Daredevil. Like, why does every, like, or Batman, why does every female that enters a person's life just want to kill or hurt or be, like, and that's love in yeah, a weird way? exactly. Uh, you learn the concepts of love. And, and again, back to the you know ethnicity thing then you start figuring out like oh because you see it in media that they treat these people differently or that this person's specifically different because of their skin color because of their culture because of these things and you're like am i and you're you're taught to create these these divisions between people 
And then I started getting really involved in like the Asian culture because then I was like, oh, I'm that. Yes. I, I realized and figured that out. And so then I like latched onto it a little too hard probably at a point in life. Hence the AZN <laughs> shit. Hey, what up? Hey, what up, what up? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, that's the thing I can identify with. And I was like in a youth group and things. And it was like a lot of Filipinos. And then we had, and then, but there was like also, you know, a lot of, it was, it was, it was, 90% Asians. You're representation. <laughs> God, my goodness. I got to, you made me think of something real quick when you're talking about uh, uh, religion. I remember asking my grandmother, I'm first generation as well. I didn't realize we had so many things in common, man, in regards to like the parentals, because when you say some of these things, they like light up light bulbs in my brain. We're like, oh, um, my grandmother, I, I went to uh, church mostly to like uh, Catholic as well. Um, hang out with my grandma and, uh, you know, keep me out of trouble and go sing in the choir and get free voice lessons, essentially, um, <laughs> like from the choir. Um, but I remember asking my grandmother because I had a, a Jewish friend and a uh, great kid. I, I remember talking with them and uh, had a lot of fun. We uh, didn't really hang out with too, too many, didn't have a lot of like friends when I was a kid. I just kept at home a lot. Um, but my, I asked my grandmother when I was learning about uh, Judaism I forget what I had asked my friend, but I was like, oh, so you don't believe in God? He's like, oh, I believe in God. It's just, um, you know, believe this. Like, it's it's different. And I was like, I don't I don't understand that. I don't get that. Because my 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 book says this. Your book says that. He's like, yeah. But I mean, like, you know. And so he was super blasé and cool about it. And I talked to my grandmother. I'm like, hey, so grandma, um, my buddy, you know, says that uh, he's, he's, he's a, a Jewish. And he says that, you know, like, he believes in God, too. And my grandma's like sitting there. She's kind of diplomatically like cooking in the food. I think probably like wrapping lupia. And she's like, well, yes, he believes in God as well. And you know, that that's good. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, so, so like Judaism's cool. And she's like, no, he's wrong. <laughs> like right away. And I'm like, he's wrong. And that, that for me, Justin, I can, I can articulate clearly. That is when I was like, okay, we have a disagreement of beliefs. Both these people are good. I think my grandmother's good. I think my friend is good. They just have a disagreement. And I realized, yes, the power of, of belief and, and storytelling, consequently, where, where I put sort of my, my, my faith uh, dollars. I'm trying to think of a way to like uh, investment, you know, and stories also became very, very potent uh, to me growing up. And I based a lot of my sort of uh, decisions on life decisions on them as well to be to be honest to be completely frank with you dude a lot of the stories that i grew up with i i i got from you know x-men uh i you know it, it i know it sounds kind of silly but the stories that we latch on to and the ones i shouldn't say latch on to the stories that we identify with uh much like the video games you know uh there there are there are little bits i think that we can draw from it that tell us things about ourselves you know um obviously now as a grown man i can look back and especially to go to theater school for eight you know years and and studying this intensely i i can articulate now about storytelling you know and what it means to to audiences um but as a kid you know growing up catholic household you know original sin you were born you, you you've already done something wrong you just got here i'm like oh okay I'm working behind the eight ball. I just got, I, don't, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize what, what do I have to do? Well, you got to say Hail Mary a bunch. I'm like, okay, how many times? They're like more than you want to do. <laughs> Here's this rosary. I'm like, oh, um, 
Yeah, man. It's um, it's something else. I, I will say this just to kind of weave it back in again um, to my hero because it's the My Hero Podcast. Now, um, <laughs> the, the folks who have been coming up to me talking to me about my character, Mirio, he's very like uh, athletic dude and he he has this fight where he doesn't give up. People have come up to me and they're like, hey, I'm I'm you know really big fan. And we, we start to nerd out about the character and multiple times I've had, I've had people say, man, it's it's kind of embarrassing to say, but like, like I listen to your character's like theme song and it, it gets me hype in the gym. Like I, I want to go further. I want to put another rep in. And I was like, why are you embarrassed? I do that. I do that. Like with, <laughs> with video game soundtracks, with like all kinds of, like there are certain things that I think of and they spark something inside of me. And I like am alive in a way that not a lot of things get me going, get me fired up. Um, and whatever that connection is, I'm like, I think that's, that's worth its weight in gold, man. Whatever that is, uh, not the negative ones you were talking about, but the good ones, you know, the ones that make you do more pushups, not the, not the ones that make you question whether or not you're a good, you're a good person. <laughs> Sorry. I was, I w- totally went on a tangent, but I do that too. I do that too. I've got, I've got one of those songs on my Spotify playlist. The one I've listened to the most is the music from the uh, Avengers Endgame trailer. I went and I found that song after, the, I remember the trailer dropped and I heard the music and I was like, this is the hypest thing in the world. And I know that I won't get to find this song for like another six months. So I had to wait until the movie dropped to be like, okay, what is this? And it turns out it's like it's like some song from, you know, those companies that literally just like exist to pump out music for things like trailers. Really? So I was like, oh, wow. well, that's kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> Song's still lit. Um, and literally like I'll play it when I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm doing like my last set and it's heavyweight. And I'm just like, if Captain America got his ass back up. I can pick this barbell up. I can do it. I can do this all day. Yeah. I can do this all yep. day. <laughs> I love America's it, dude. Ass. I love it. That's America's That's what I say about Muriel. Well, that is the ass of UA. <laughs> so so I have a question. So since since you guys were talking about how entertainment and anime and video games like shape the way people perceive the world, if you could pick one thing that you would change about how entertainment or anime or gaming operate, what would you go with? To change one thing? Yeah, if you if you could just like, you know, Thanos snap and it just operated a different way or a new thing existed. Oh man. Like that's it's a deep question. It's it's there's a lot of ways it could uh, go. Right away, okay, so my I, I can I think I can respond very quickly to this, uh, and it's not going to come out the way I want it to sound. <laughs> but I'm just going to say it because I feel like if I meditate on it too much, it'll go away. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, my girlfriend was in Hamilton for several years, and being around that show, um, Lin Manuel Miranda, he uh, came out with a show before that called In the Heights that he wasn't getting hired for work, and so he wrote this play that allowed people of color to get work on Broadway and it was going fine and it kind of got mixed reviews you know the old guard kind of of Broadway was like I don't know what this is this hip-hop and stuff and then Hamilton comes out it's a huge success and you know you allow people of 
varying ethnicities, backgrounds, um, ages occupy roles that typically would not be afforded to them. Historical roles, literally rewriting history, kind of in a way, uh, for people, for contemporary audi audiences to to see uh, through the medium of like you know hip hop, spoken word, you know the whole the whole play, the whole musical. Um, I would. And it's just from the gut, and I, I know people are gonna like interpret it a variety of ways, <clears throat> but I would like all those barriers to be able to go away in some capacity. Um, the barriers of 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 you know race, uh, gender, age, all of that, like, and be able to accept. It's so broad. It's so broad, and I'm sorry. I just gotta say it. Be able to 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 take on a piece of art. And uh, um, without without the, the the prejudices, I guess already in place of like everything we've been talking about. Do you know what I mean? Like going, well, he's not Filipino, so I'm not going to believe that he's a Filipino guy. Or like, do you know? Just experiencing everything without, yeah, without the without. I don't want to say without the history, but that's ultimately kind of what it is. But because I don't want to erase history, no. But I want people to have a unbiased perception when they experience entertainment of some sort for everyone. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like to have the ability to step outside of your experience, whatever that is, I guess we have a combined one. We have a combined desire. Just to, you know, it's like to be able to take that on. I think that at the heart of what I think I, I want to do as an artist is, is bring people together and have people understand each other, each other, you know, not necessarily in a very simple, well, yeah, in a very simple kind of empathic way with empathy to be able to understand one another. Um, and I think if you could, if you could sort of allay or suspend that, um, and I'm not sure how that's actionable with like your question, like how could I just change one thing? But I guess it would be like, yeah, getting, getting rid of the, 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 the history. Oh, it's so weird to say though. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. But it's, it, again, it's a complicated solution or, action to take without disrupting a, a ton of other things. Um, I think something similar I would like people to experience when they're watching entertainment is the understanding that it is entertainment. And while I do believe entertainment is important in shaping and improving like mankind because it's storytelling and, and, and all that, I wish there was some way that it, again, this is a very complicated way to do this. It, it's not going to be, it's not possible, but for the things that are bad, that are, that would influence that, and that term is very subjective, what bad is, but things like relationships and how you should treat people and uh, prejudices that you see in entertainment that people inherently know that's, for entertainment purposes and not to be translated into actual life behavior. And again, it's very complicated. Well, that's tough though. Cause we just said, like I just said, like not even a breath ago that, you know, with my, my character and my hero with Mirio, people translate that into action. They go, this fires me up. So I like, like I literally just said that that one's tough, man, but it, it works the other way around it does. too. It and does. that's the, it that's the, the thing. Mm -hmm. That people see this behavior, they think it's yeah, 
and they justify it. And, and my easiest and most relatable examples of that is is how you create these romantic relationships in your life. People crave drama. They create drama. That's true. They they what they don't show you in entertainment about relationships is the daily middle ground of existing with your partner and that is the majority of your relationship but that's not exciting the excitings are the high highs and the low lows and people want to create those because they're emulating what they see in entertainment that's what they believe to be love to be a romance exactly the more extreme it is the more real it must be i think for me the thing that i would probably and, and this is maybe less uh aspirational than what either of you said um but for me i think it would be to change like the infighting that exists among the like consumers of entertainment so like mm. people who watch the sub of my hero versus the dub. Like the fact that people Oh, subs clearly better. <laughs> like like when people get, you know, like <laughs> real life mad about that. It it, it it's kind of crazy to me cuz I go like wait, but you're you're enjoying the same show and a lot of you are probably getting the same message out of it. So you fundamentally agree on what you like about the show. So why why does it make you so upset that one person goes, yeah, I prefer the, the English voices and you prefer the Japanese ones? Or like this one, this one, the the sports ball. How a lot of like people who identify as nerds or into nerdy things now make it a point to also self-identify by like staking a claim of how much they don't like something like sports. Ah, yes. Yeah. I go like, well, but but that that's a group of people that you say bullied you when you were growing up and you're mad at them for it. So, like, why does it make sense to to segregate further and then bully that group of people? All right. So the so the ultimate snap Thanos thing to do away with here is basically sh- being shitty. Like at the end <laughs> of the day, right? I think both of them. It seems so familiar. Everything we're talking about, like. Because I, I, I'm reading this book called The, the Soul of Anime, um, and it talks about that and uh, community through exclusion, right? You know, I used to be a, a sub-elitist as a kid only because, I'll tell you why, I didn't have access to the dubs. The only thing I had, yeah. it's kind of like the poor kid that can't afford the nice clothes, which was me growing up. I'm like, I don't like nice clothes. <laughs> nice clothes are stupid. They're a waste of money. And like to this day, I still like I, I like bristle when I see like a nice suit. I'm like, yeah, yeah. my my rebuttal to anybody who always talked about the sub versus dub battle or, or anything entertainment wise is you're just always going to like what you see first. I mean, not always 100 percent, but most of the time, whatever you're exposed to first is what you're going to latch on to because you've now built some sort of relationship, a, yeah, yeah, relationship yeah. with it. And then you don't want something different, because because it's affected you. Yeah, it's cha- it's- exactly. Because it's influential and it's connected. You've connected with it. And if you watch the sub first, you're probably gonna like the sub more. If you watch the dub first, you're probably gonna like the dub more. The community. So, for instance, let's say you know Dave watched the sub, I watched the dub of my hero, right? 
and in walks Justin and he watched the sub and we're all gushing over the same moment. We all love the fight with Miriam and Overhaul. It's so cool. Oh yeah, and that part where he where Overhaul screams, you know, da -da -da, and you say something, you know, in Japanese. And I go, Oh, oh, I watched the I watched the the dub. Now I've excluded myself in a way, in a way, right? We're still talking about the same thing, but now the experience that you shared, we all shared as a community, is now fractured, right? In such a simple, small way. And yet, and yet it's enough for people to go fight tooth and claw. But that, I guess, in a way, just goes to show how passionate and how uh impactful, you know, some of these, some of these properties can be for people. I mean, shoot, we were just talking about. <laughs> Like, I'm like ghost in the shell. <laughs> oh my race. <laughs> I, can, I feel it. Or my lack my lack thereof, you know, like I see it in major. But I mean, I experienced that exact thing that Rico just described with my brother, where he 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 majored in Japanese in college. He lived in Japan for most of the last three years. And so, you know, he speaks Japanese, reads, writes, and he'll watch any anime in Japanese, because he doesn't even have to read the subtitles. Uh, and I remember at one point bringing up, like, uh, the scene between All Might and One for All. Um, no, All for One. All for One. Oh, my God. Fake nerd oh, all of a sudden, that? right? Fake nerd, fake nerd, <laughs> fake nerd, fake nerd. Uh, gotta go! <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <Are you> farting? <laughs> that was an alarm. My farting alarm. <laughs> Um, that would be the worst quirk in the world. Fart alarm. <laughs> Every time you farted, an alarm went off involuntarily. Oh, no. Oh, like in, a, in, a, in a radius? Yeah, like, like car so everybody would know that you farted. Um, His quirk is fart alarm. <laughs> but, but that fight scene, and, and I, I've seen it in the sub and in the dub. So I've heard, you know, the United States of Smash Line in both. And personally, I was like, oh, you know, like when I, I told my brother, I was like, you know, when, when Chris yells that line, it's so lit. And he hadn't heard the dub version. So he goes and in front of me, he pulls it up on YouTube, watches that scene. And then just like very calmly just looks at me and goes, yeah, the Japanese version was uh, still better. And I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to go walk the dog now. That was a that was a good conversation, I guess. Cool. I'm glad that we found something to relate about. Um, which is weird because, like, you are you're enjoying the same thing, right? I mean, I guess we just inherently make things combative because it's when it when it's something you have an emotional reaction to. Yes, and it's it's yeah. it's weird that I've, humans do that. Dude, I got a compliment, a backhanded compliment, like in line once at a convention. I can't remember where it was. I think it may have been in Las Vegas. It was kind of recent. Uh, well, not recent, recent. We're in COVID times right now. <laughs> in the corona times <laughs> of 2020. But pre, pre this, I was in Las Vegas and a fan had come up and went, hey, so just so you know, I don't, I don't watch dubs. I don't watch dubs. Like I, that's not me. Like as if I was gonna judge him, right? And I was like, okay, right on. I'm like, well, what what do you do? You like other things? What do you watch? Like, I'm just trying to connect to you, man, because I I also watch subs and dubs for my job, and <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, I don't just because Wait, you don't. Hold on, why is he talking to you first? So he comes up to my line. I'm I'm in. I got my 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 uh, my prints and stuff for all my you know things. I'm doing autographs. 
Um, he comes up and he goes, uh, I love my hero, but I don't, I don't watch dubs. He, he keeps reiterating this, but he says it like before even talking to me, I don't watch dubs, don't like them. Uh, you could say I even hate them. However, <laughs> however, um, my girlfriend started watching it and I told her to watch in the subs, but she, for some reason, like watched dubs, like got caught up, was watched it wrong and correctly, mostly <laughs> for him and watched the dubs. And I heard your performance uh, in in this fight with with uh, with overhaul and you get overhaul and you you it was like I can I can say and I say this and it should mean a lot to you it should mean a lot to you when I say this but like I think you did like on par maybe <laughs> maybe even better than the Japanese and he said this like stoically from the bottom of his heart this guy wasn't acting like he he literally was like giving me a diamond from his from his trove. <laughs> And I was like, so I had to see that. I had to see the value that he had placed, right? And what it means to him to be uh, a person that only watches subs and doesn't like his anime plagued with another language. And uh, I went, wow, well, thanks so much for that. That means a lot. Uh, I appreciate it. The seiyus are incredible. You know, like we work really hard to try to be to tell a good story. Um, and I, I, I appreciate you letting me uh letting you know you enjoying my work sharing my work with me He's like yeah 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 and then you like quickly ran away <laughs> i it's weird man it's weird like but it's its own culture i think you know or not culture it's its own community i should say is the is, is what it is you know um i think i think for most people it comes down to two things uh what what justin said about um you know kind of Building that relationship with the thing you're exposed to first. I think that for most people, they they want to feel like they're a part of something because that makes a part of their identity. If they don't have a, a tribe, then they're like, I'm just floating through the ether. Who am I? Sure. Um, but also, people are the heroes of their own story. So I think a lot of people don't think, you know, if they're if they're like, oh man, I don't watch that sports ball. I don't I, I think a lot of them don't think that they're, you know, they, there's even the potential that they're offending someone else or that they're doing the exact same thing that people did to them. Because they're just like, oh, I'm just, you know, telling a joke. I'm trying to be relatable. Um So I think maybe maybe like that's the problem. Is like there needs to be a new way as time progresses to, to show what you're into, like to, to, to relate to people and communicate without having to put something else down in the process. And I think that, I mean, ultimately what humanity needs more of is empathy in general um, because that's the only way we start understanding each other. That's the only way we grow as a species is to really understand and feel what other people are feeling because then you fix and solve problems that way you come to agreements you compromise uh i mean that's a that it, learn yeah for god's oh my god I, I don't know how to say the l word but you might <laughs> learn something <laughs> but people refuse to do that because they want to be right they don't want like people intentionally 
do not want to experience what somebody else is experiencing. And they will tell you they they re- want to remove that from their life. It's that ownership, man. It's that ownership. You know, like as a Cowboys fan, sports ball fan, you know, I, I used to be a, a Niners fan because I lived in California. Then out in Dallas, it's just intoxicating to be out here in Dallas uh, and be a Cowboys fan because football is such a important, you know, sport to Americans. Uh, and to watch the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, just get, like, never make it to the Super Bowl. And everyone, like, revitalizes their dreams every year. Here we go. And, like, you know, this is a whole other tangent if I, and, you know. Uh, but 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 at the heart of it is this, is that um, I can tell you the moment that I became a fan, just like we were talking about the different animes when we became kind of fans and the reasons why we liked them, I started caring and, and having this emotional connection to the Dallas Cowboys when – Tony Romo, former quarterback, had played. He was like number one quarterback in the league, like rating wise, and they lost narrowly to the Green Bay Packers. And he was getting off the airplane, um, and it was like some live footage of him with his family. And you could see him. He kind of got off the plane. He looked at them. He shrugged, and he was like, "I'm sorry." And he's like towering over his family because he's a tall guy, you know. And his mom comes over, hugs him. His family hugs him. And I thought, man, I don't really care about this team, but I care about that guy's story kind of like a character in a, in a, in an anime, you know what I mean? I guess in a way, if you want to relate it to like that, like any, wait, I, I think Rico just said that football is an anime. I mean, it's the one sports anime. I don't think has it I was, was going to say, <laughs> I, I haven't seen a sports anime uh, with football. yet. I was in all out, which is a rugby show. It's close. I was in all out. You were in all out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually made I, a little, I was not that. in all out. <laughs> Just in case anybody was wondering. Just everybody just Dave wasn't in All Out. Yeah, I wasn't uh, there. The one person in the room that was not in All Out. Doesn't it feel good to be in All Out? All Out. <laughs> <laughs> Up top, Dave. I'll just, I'll just be here. Excluded. Oh, we excluded. Uh, see what that's see? <laughs> That right there. That's it right there. It's like trying to... Uh, what I meant to say is that like, if someone came up to me and said, isn't it great that the you know Patriots went to the Super Bowl. I would just look at them with a dead face and be like, <laughs> sure, I guess, you know, I don't care. I haven't invest, invested emotionally into this thing that you have, right? I don't get to experience that joy. I don't get to, to experience that relief, that empathy. And um, I think it, I mean, at the end of the day, I believe that is a, a defense mechanism, right? Because nobody wants to feel pain. Nobody, um, well, I, t- I, I take that back. Most people Get on the phone here. I'll call. <laughs> don't want to experience that those negative feelings, and so therefore we put up a wall, we block it out, we intentionally separate ourselves from it because it's 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 hard. It's not easy to do, and empathy means you have to feel that. And if you don't feel that, then it's not empathy, right? Um, then it's what it's sympathy. Then when you can understand it, but you don't yeah, feel I it, sympathize. Yeah, I can understand you. You aren't actually feeling it. Yeah, you can understand it. But it sucks. It sucks to be hurt, and the way to not be hurt is to not care and to be an asshole about the thing that other person cares about, and that that's one way to do it at least. Well, because you can't. I can't joy in the Patriots going to another Super Bowl because I don't have that ownership. I could. I could literally step outside of myself and be like, that's awesome, man, and share in the joy because it's clearly they're full of joy. But rather than do that. Well, you that, could just flip-flop and become a Patriots fan like a lot of people do. <laughs> I, well, right, yeah. But but to the point, what you're saying right now, it's like what 
how, how does that serve in, in uh, like, you know, to go back to the subs versus dubs thing? Like, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. The subs, super, super good, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, uh, you don't have that same ownership. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's some, there's a deep sort of belonging to just tie it all back together, a belonging that we all want, you know, to be, to be wholly a part of something and to be recognized for it and to have community inside of it. And it goes back and forth, man, because, you know, one day the Cowboys will go to the Super Bowl and hopefully I'm alive to see it, but (laughs) only because Tom Brady left the Patriots now. Oh yeah. That's right. He's going to know because I'm from Boston. That's right. Ah, uh, got it, got it. But but like I, I've always I've always been one of those sports people who uh, is classified as a fair weather fan, mm. but not because I only like think or res- think highly or respect the teams that play if they win, but because I'm only really interested in participating at all if they're about to like face up against a major challenge. The stakes. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's entirely like, oh, the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl this year. Okay. I'll watch that game. Sure. Because I want to see if they can do it again. Um, Is that the same as watching an anime just for the fight scenes? (laughs) Ha ha ha. Which I've done. I've done that in Naruto. It's it's, it's like like pulling up just, you know, like the All Might versus all for one. The crescendo moments. Yeah. That that's that's what I'm into when it comes to sports because that's where I think like you see the most of everything. Mm. You know like the the regular it's kind of like a relationship like the rest of the season is just it, it's a lot of the middle stuff. It's like they exist this is the stuff they have to get through to get to that big game or big loss or a big loss. Mm. But either way like the stakes are there and that makes it engaging for me. You know I I don't go to I don't. I don't watch like ten dollar Texas Hold'em. Sure. You know, right, you watch right. like you the World the big, Series of Poker. Ones, yeah. Um, but the Red Sox, on the other hand, I will say, I personally probably couldn't be less interested. But 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 for me, I, I have like baseball PTSD. I've been to one Red Sox game in my life with a girl that I was seeing at the time. Her family always got season tickets to to the games, and she took me to Fenway one time. And the Red Sox lost zero to eleven. Oof! Did they have to call the game? No, no, they played it all the way through. And I was like, I didn't know that that those numbers were possible in baseball. I didn't know that you could like just hit double digits and a mercy rule didn't just automatically kick in. It was, I was like, I this is my first time here, and everyone's just depressed. Yeah. I never want to do this again. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's the emotional relationship that you built with that experience, and now you don't ever want to do it again. But if somebody else is totally about that thing, right? If someone else is like, oh, man, I want to watch baseball every day for the rest of my life, I'm like, cool, do do it. Do do what makes your heart happy. Yeah. Yeah. Just let people enjoy the things they enjoy, (laughs) right? Lesson of tonight's podcast episode. Be a good person. Let people enjoy things, and I don't know what the other one was. That's it. I think, yeah. It's the, I think about anything that means a lot to you. Some people like the thrill of the fight. You know, they want to defend their thing against something. 
you know, like you were just saying right now, Dave, like you like the crescendo moments because that's when you see the most. But some people could care less about the Super Bowl. They want to see the development of the young players, you know, like the the they want to see the fruits basket, you know, like they, yeah. they want to see like the the slice of life stuff. You know, we all have to. And that's another thing. It, there, You know, every phase of our life is going to make us want to seek out other kinds of entertainment, other kinds of stimulus. Um but I think burning down other people, like if you're looking for that fight, just I think you need to know that maybe that's a that's a thing that exists inside of you. That's what it is, right? It's it's a it's a personal insecurity, it's a personal frustration, and you're projecting it on somebody else for their interest of, of some topic that you probably have an issue with yourself. It's that what do people say online? It's like you know, this is the cats are better than dogs. Fight me. I'm like, you really fight me. It's like you want you want to you just want to exert energy on this. I mean, I guess if you if you really want to throw hands, like you can throw hands. Let's do it. (laughs) No, I think I think a third lesson though, like oh that that sounds so like self-absorbed. You just one up Justin. Justin was like, this is the main lesson. You're like, but you know. But but I, I think I think something else to keep <laughs> in mind. Yeah. yeah, no, we're still going. No, is is recognizing that that people aren't always gonna be like they're not gonna get it right on the first try. Like they're they're gonna mess up along the way in trying to grow and not writing someone off forever because cause that happens a lot right now too. Cancel culture? Yeah, is that like you, you fucked up once? Which and and, and I'm you clap so we can bleep that. Okay, so <laughs> and and you're you're written off forever. I'm totally cool with somebody seeing the consequences of their action, but I don't feel like there is a path to redemption right now. Forgiveness is hard, man. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned way at the beginning uh, we were talking about MCU, and you brought up Robert Downey Jr. He's a guy. Remember, remember back in the day when he, if it was, if it was twenty twenty, oh yeah, and he messed up where he messed up. That during cancel culture, then he wouldn't be Iron Man. No, he wouldn't. Nope, nope. And how many people love him as Iron Man now? And he he figured out some things well, along his, the way. Yeah, redemption. I mean, he put in time and effort, and that's that's a tough one, man, because it's like you know for him to have the drug problems and all the things that occurred for him in his life at that time, if it happened in 2020, yeah, we can't because of the time and the way that we, the exposure to people that we have, the internet, again, like all of the things available to us, we would see it and it would be too hot. We'd be like, we can't, I can't literally see you as a hero. However, if we were able to monitor his progress and that redemption, uh, and I guess, you know, or at least um, rehabilitation, I should say, to where he starts to practice um, his craft in earnest and he's delivering good work and he's, you know, treating his body well and, and treating people well. That would be a lovely heroic redemptive story that I would, you know, that's Iron That is Iron Man. You know, what I mean? if you want to be I mean, like. He, he is. He is Iron Man. He is Tony Stark. Yep. Like that, that to me is maybe best the, casting, the like. best casting that I've ever seen in my whole life. That to me, he literally like as, as a real human 
has basically experienced the story arc of the comic book character that he plays. I think, you know, Chris Hemsworth probably was a god at some point in his life. A little too, <laughs> so I think he's he's up there. Yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, he, he does... He's the strongest Avenger. I'm I'm really impressed with how they made Thor a relatable character because he is definitely the most unrelatable character in the <laughs> yeah. Avengers universe, probably or not universe, but the the main Avengers team. Um, and they made him a, probably one of the most relatable characters in the MCU due to his. He had a breakdown. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and man. He's he's had a rough time. I like Dad Bod Thor. The uh, <laughs> spinning of the hammer was always something that cracked me up with Mjolnir, like to make him fly. Because I remember reading about the Avengers. I was never a big Avengers fan. I loved X Men. They're every almost Avengers are like, who are what is this weird ragtag team of people? <laughs> but when they got Thor, I'm like, you have a god on your side? Come on! And he would spin his hammer to fly, and I'm like, that is the wackest thing. <laughs> But when they showed it in the movies, you know, and he spins it and he starts flying, like, oh, okay, that's not so bad. But in the comics, it's always so wimpy. Mjolnir is like smaller. I feel like Mjolnir was like a like a. Well, it's not the spinning that makes him fly; it's the throwing that makes him fly. Wait, he throws it and just kind of and, and it carries him where he's going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he kind of he does like a so spin it's and, it's and the then spin to like release. throw, and then he releases it and he just goes with it. <laughs> Does that, does so that wait, make it more whack for you again? That's really whack. So you're saying like, what if he goes, he's flying and he's trying to catch something. He throws it and then he misses. He can't just redirect. But, no, but remember, he also can, can he also can call Mjolnir to him at yes. any point. So if he needs to stop, he just has to like. But I'm saying, does he have to re-throw it again? Yeah. Yeah. So, so then he just goes another direction. So like he I'm sorry, dude. That's just so lame. I don't know if he can. He's he might no be angles. Like, it's only right angles. He's like, I, I don't know. Maybe he can adjust trajectory by like. He can only fly in box. It? I don't know. Oh it, my god. Yes, that's what I was. <laughs> Thor can't fly in a circle. It's like a knight, right? It's <laughs> like a knight in chess. He has to like. L, L, L. <laughs> that's whack. Or I guess it'd be a rook. He would be pretty much a rook, and in... he has to like. I love that you say it. He stops it. Well, like, yeah, but then he still has to throw it again. So it's like, but as he's falling, he's spinning it up. Like, oh, crap, 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 crap. Thor's kind of whack. Don't get me wrong. Hemsworth is, you know, handsome guy. He rocked it. Looks Thor great. Ragnarok, I think, is still my favorite oh, MCU movie delightful. of all the entire series. It's delightful. Yeah. I am not a big fan of Ant Man. Yeah, yeah. I like Paul Rudd. Um, anyway. Uh, it's uh, we we've been doing this for over two hours now, guys. All right, I guess we should we call it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably. Makes it was sense. good. It was a uh, good conversation. We pretty much needed absolutely no prompts to talk for two hours, which is good. So props to you guys. Oh, so we get the props. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. But um, yeah. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, thanks to Rico for taking the time to come out. Um, give our viewers viewers. <laughs> Listeners, I don't know. There's no video. Wait, is there secret camera somewhere? I've been filming it. <laughs> he's right. just he's just been video. Oh, my, recording but it's like under film. the table. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> weird. Sorry, that's sorry. The weirdest. <laughs> that's the most weird angle. <laughs> um, but uh, t- t- tell tell everybody listening where they can find you. Uh, easy peasy. It's just my name, uh, R I C C O Fajardo F A J A R D O on Instagram and Twitter. Um. Pretty much on those two mediums. People said I should get a TikTok. I, I kind of don't want to. 
You know, that's I a like, personal I, choice. I like music and I like making fun videos, but I think I'm just going to localize it to to Instagram and Twitter and maybe just some funny videos on YouTube. So yeah. Oh, but also on my, my I stream on Twitch, play a lot of games. Same thing. Just my name. Twitch.tv backslash Rico Fajardo. All right. It, is it is it necessary to say back for the slash? I, I've never done it. Do people ask, if you don't say that, do people put the wrong slash? I'm sure that there's enough people out there. Oh, is it forward are, slash? Oops. I think it's forward slash. Oh, it's forward slash. My bad, guys. Forward slash. Twitch. Wow, good job. You just messed up anybody who was trying to type Okay, wait. In. I know you messed up. I know it says it didn't work. But try again. It's twitch.tv forward slash. Is it Rico, Rico Fardo? Forward goes like this. It leans, right? It's leaning I don't forward. know. It's I legitimately forward. don't know. Do it's right a now. forward slash. It's a forward slash. Yeah, okay. I'm looking at my forward. keyboard right but I, now. I'm looking at it, but I don't know which one's which. Like, I don't know what. The one on the top is the back. The one on the bottom, closer to your space bar, is the forward. I, that's the direction it's leaning in. I think you can. I think you could argue. Are we Are we going to debate either way the existence of these slashes right now? <laughs> Okay, so if it's leaning back, forward, I guess so. It's a forward slash, everybody. Like, like no, no, nobody walks forward with their head behind their feet. But if Unless you're falling, feet are forward. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm falling forward. <laughs> forward leaning. Uh, I think so. Forward slash. All right, All right I'm going home. All right, bye, Dave. Uh, <laughs> great, thanks again, Dave. Where, where can people find you? Ooh, uh, right now it's uh, it's gonna be the same on everything. Um, Dave Yang photo, D A V E Y A N G P H O T O. Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. You're on Twitch too, right? Also on Twitch. Um, although I haven't I haven't streamed on Twitch in forever. I and and I do have a TikTok. Oh, I I finally I caved and I made one. I just I I can't I can't deny the the power of tiktok anymore yeah yeah i intentionally have not made a tiktok um i worked in social media and content creation for a long time and i'll be honest i'm just tired of it so he just wants to be <laughs> a grumpy old man now but now i'm also make recording a podcast right now which is it, <sighs> making more content so i don't know what i'm doing in my life um, if you guys want to follow me anywhere, it's at just Rojas, J-U-S-T-R-O-J-A-S, across the board, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, Twit, uh, I said Twitch already, Facebook even. Um, and then we're recording here at Studio Nano, um, where we do voice recording for anime, video games, commercials, trailers, industrial work, all kinds of stuff. Dave's actually going to be doing some photos for us. Uh, if you guys want to get some headshots and... Back shots. Back shots. The back shots, guys. Get those back shots. Play it's awesome. it's, it's I, not it's not what you think either. A back shot's not what you think. It's not a booty shot. It's not the booty. It's it's just the back of your head. Huh. I had to do that for a Salsa Blue commercial once. With anyway, that, that you back for another day. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's it for us tonight, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have any thoughts, comments, feedback, uh, please leave us those comments wherever this is posted which i'm still figuring that out um it has been a good time and i by me saying that means it's true <laughs> so dubs dubs and subs for life yeah someone listening clip all this for me because i don't want to have to do it and <laughs> tell everybody where the fun bits are because that's too much work um and then i'm gonna sign off now because uh i'm tired yeah 
Here's to being tired. Thanks for listening, y'all. Goodbye, everybody. Good night. <laughs> wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. <laughs>